Amen. Amen. Good evening, church. Good evening. Wait a minute. That sounded pretty good. I mean, we, we got we got a lot of people in the room. Good evening, church. Good evening. All right, praise God. I want to welcome all of you at home watching and all over. And want to welcome a new person on Wednesday night. Thank you. Oh, my God. Give him a hand of applause. He's all, he just came all the way down from Ohio. What a, what a wonderful thing. What a wonderful It's my brother, Ron. I welcome you and thank you for being here to support me and support the word of God. So the story goes. You know, I always like to start this way. The story goes, this gentleman that came from a foreign country, in that country, all over that country, they had a curfew. Raise your hand if you know what a curfew is. Oh, very good, very good. So the curfew that they had in this country, everyone in that country, no matter what part of the country they lived in, they had to be inside their home by 8 p.m every night and so the government the military actually controlled that and the military was out and about all over that country to make sure that everyone was inside their home by 8 p.m and this is not just during festivity times or special events this was 365 days out of the year and this gentleman was born there and he was raised there. So he left that country and he came to America. And as he tells the story, if you got caught during curfew time, the military police would take you in immediately, no questions asked. And you would be at the station that they worked through the police department and that area part of, the, uh, of that country, that city. They question you, but they usually would hold you sometimes for two hours and maybe even 24 hours. Now, if they caught you a second time, you might be staying in the pokey, which we call that jail. You might be staying there for close to a year. So this gentleman was in in the United States of America. And he arrived in, this, the story doesn't tell you what big city that he moved into. But he wanted to, and he came by himself. He wanted to make a life for himself. And he knew America had a lot of opportunities. So he came to this great land and he was living in this big city. And for at least over a year, it was only work, work, work and try to learn the English language. So he had no more, no time to go anywhere to really explore his new surroundings. And what happens is after he got his residency in the United States of America from the city that he was in in the state, then he was applying for his naturalized citizenship. And I'm one of those that I am a naturalized American citizen, okay? I became an American citizen back in 1972. And we had arrived here in this country in 1959, turning into 60, my family and I. And back then, 
you used to have to go to Canada, of all places, true story, to get to apply for your residency to the United States of America, wherever you were living. And we had migrated to Miami. So we drove across country. My father had never driven in the United States of America. So we had, from what I remember, I was only eight years old. We arrived in seven, so I was about eight years old. And I remember my mother telling the story that they were looking at maps constantly. And this is a really interesting story because we had a, a station wagon. Does anybody know what a station wagon is? Oh, there's some people in the room that never heard of a station wagon. Back then we didn't have what was called an SUV. So a station wagon was a car that was long and it had anywhere from two to three seating and it was called a station wagon. And that was very well known all over the United States. So we had a station wagon, but the interesting story is this station wagon, we found out, I found out when we were in the middle of the trip and all of us had to be together on the route to Canada, had no reverse. <laughs> if you put it on reverse, the car would not move. And my father never thought of getting it fixed, the transmission. So everywhere we went, we had to make circles and do all kinds of things to be able to do that. But I tell this story because this gentleman finally got an opportunity to go out in town and explore his town. And he was out and he was just enjoying the lights and enjoying everything in the, at first in the early afternoon. And as dusk started hitting the city where he was living, again, I don't know if it's New York City, I don't know if it's San Francisco, we don't know where the story takes place, but it started getting dark. And the gentleman, all of a sudden, had this incredible feeling over him. I need to get home. So he was able to flag down a taxi. As the story takes place, it was not in the time we had Uber or Lyft. It was just a taxi, the yellow cab. And the taxi picks him up, and he noticed that the man was like agitated gasping for air. And he said this to the taxi driver, quick, quick, you need to get me home. And he mentioned the words, curfew, curfew, quick, quick. The man forgot where he was at. And the taxi driver turned around and said to him, are you okay, sir? Are you okay? Is it an emergency? And he kept saying, curfew, curfew. And so, the taxi driver finally caught the little English that the man was able to explain to him and put move the, the, the taxi to the side of the road and turned around and said to him, do you know, he asked him, do you know that you're in America? And the man responded, yes, but curfew. And the taxi driver said, no, we are in the land of the free. We're in a free country. We have laws and rules, okay, but we're in a free country. So you are not from America, he asked the man. And the man said, no, I'm not from America, 
but he kept repeating the words, curfew, curfew. He got him calmed down, and then he finally was able to take him home. So why am I telling this story that I read, and it was so interesting, is because we sometimes as Christians forget that we've been set free. And you, and, and, and I love it when these messages connect with what the Priest of Worship songs are. We've been set free by the Son of God. Jesus Christ set us free once and for all. So those he set free, which are us, are set free indeed. And what happens to some of us, we keep sometimes reverting to the old sin taken from Adam. And we carry this bondage. We are in bondage. And we forget the freedom that we have in Christ because he gave his life on the cross. And I know you're dying to ask, what is the name of this message? Well, this message comes from a wonderful preacher that preached last Wednesday. And he mentioned the words freedom. And he mentions the words, the phrase, what are you doing with your freedom? And I told him after he preached last Wednesday, I said, wow, the Holy Spirit just hit me with that. And then, I, of course, there was a wonderful message that was delivered on Sunday. And thank God, none of you came across later after it was all over. And none of you asked me if I had any relationship with Goliath. Because, never mind, I'm just trying to get you to laugh a little bit. But, so you guessed the message tonight. What are we doing with our freedom that God has given us? And I thought that was so powerful when the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I was sitting in the room last Wednesday night. And he said, this is it. And I love it. I can have so many things in thought and process. But I love it when it's held by the Holy Spirit. So let's open up service tonight and, and trusting in him and knowing that we have freedom in him. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the message tonight that you're about to deliver through the Holy Spirit. And giving it to me. For I am not worthy to be up here. I am not worthy to give any message from, from my intellect. It's got to come always from your spirit, Lord. The spirit that you have given me, the Holy Spirit, that guides me and gives me the words and the right actions. Lord, let the words reach, reach so many tonight. Let them touch their hearts, Father God. And let them be delivered. But what? by whatever bondage that they may be in, forgetting that their freedom was given to them already in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Amen. So yes, the message tonight is titled, What Are You Doing With Your Freedom? And this is important for us to understand. So if you could, we're going to dive right into Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. So it's going to go a little long. But it's Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. And here's what the Word of God says. There is therefore no, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. This is the freedom I'm talking about. We do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So again, what, what is he telling us right here? What is Paul telling us right here? 
that we are not to continue dwelling on our past. We have been freed by Christ and we have the freedom of choice, the free will to walk with him. But definitely for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, you and I, free from the law of sin and death. We no longer have to walk in thinking about the, the baggage that we, we were carrying for so long, that bondage, those 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 chains that, that bound us up because we have freedom today. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin and the flesh. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen. amen because it, because it is true. Listen, we could have never acquired or received that freedom that they sung about tonight. We could have never done this on our own. People that try to look at the Bible in, 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 in an intellectual way, they always fall short because they never know how to explain the, the supernatural power, the, the wonderful majesty of, of Jesus Christ that he has bestowed this upon us, that we are free to worship him. We are free to share his message with others. And that's what this message is gonna develop in tonight. The question again, what are we doing with the freedom that God has given us? What are we doing with that? So he condemned the sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Mm -hmm. Folks, there's a lot of folks out here in this world that are walking. <laughs> and, I, and I always say this, and I say this very much uh, at the shelter. They are walking in darkness. They, and I call it walking dead. And a lot of people don't like to hear that. But we are walking dead. If we know Christ, or if we know there is a Christ that can only deliver us and give us that freedom to have salvation, that freedom to have resurrection, that freedom to have a relationship with him. A lot of us, a lot of folks that are out there, they're still walking in darkness. And that's why almost every Wednesday night and Sunday, you will hear, you will hear the urgency. There's such an urgent message being sent out all throughout this church and, and and we're, we're, we're going to be getting together soon as ministers, okay? And we're going to be talking about how we're going to work harder and come up with, with godly ideas and godly solutions on how to reach this community. Because again, there's a lot of folks out there, in, not only in Cooper City where I live, but Coral Springs, that they don't know the freedom that I'm talking about. They don't even have a clue. They think, oh, they're just religious people. I don't have to worry about that. And that's not the case. So, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. If that's what we're walking in our flesh, 
Oh, we know that we're going to welcome death into our life. Death, not, <laughs> not eternal life with Jesus Christ, but death in hell. And it's life and wealth. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when you and I have received the Spirit of God, we are spiritually minded. And we are to walk in that new life that we have, that new freedom that has been given to us. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we talked about being double-minded. You cannot be double-minded and, and please God. You cannot be pleasing the flesh when things get tough instead of going to Christ, you and I. And I'm speaking not only to you, I'm speaking about me. If we're going to, sometimes when things get tough, revert to our old self and have the excuse, well, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm just thinking about it. that's the way I was raised. No, that's unacceptable. We are a new creation. We are new in Christ. We have a new freedom. Amen. We don't have to abide by this world's way of thinking. And that's what this church is doing so powerfully, is letting others know we don't walk with the beliefs of this world. We, none of us do. And I love that, that we are that kind of a church, that we stand in Jesus Christ. We stand in his word. We don't stand in what the world says is okay. That everything is going to be a kumbaya experience. Everything is hunky-dory. Remember the, the, the phrase, if it feels good, just do it? No, it doesn't. If it's not about Christ, don't just do it. Turn your back and walk away from it as quickly as you can. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And people don't like to hear that. What do you mean I'm not Jesus? I, I, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. But yet you're always speaking like double mind in this reigns in your life. You're not about the new freedom that was given to you. So, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of the righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will always give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Again, we speak so much about the Holy Spirit, but that's the spirit we're talking about. And if you believe that the spirit of God lives within you, raise your hand. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because you believe that he is that, that, that love of Christ and representation of his spirit that alerts us what, when we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing, that we're entertaining the flesh. And all of us are guilty. We all fall short of the glory. Let's be honest about that. Therefore, brethren, we are endeavors not to the flesh, but to live according to, to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you and I will die. By the, but if the spirit you put to death, 
the deeds of the body, you will live. So every day, each and every day, when we go into prayer, we have to ask God, Lord, I want more of you and less of me. Every day and each day. Because once we get closer to Christ, and he welcomes that personal relationship with us, you will see miracles happening in your life. You will see things that are supernatural and that you can't even explain. And, and I could share things with you and I will be up here all night, but things that have happened in my life, and, and you know what, the closer I get to God, the more he's revealing to me every day on how much he loves me and that I need him desperately because I still mess up so much. And I love that God gives me, he, he provides that way out for me so that when I come up here before you, I can speak the truth in front of you. Not my truth, his truth, right? Not my truth, his truth. For many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adopt, adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with one, with our spirit that we are children of God. And, and if children, they're heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So he was resurrected and so were we because we believe that we were resurrected by him. So important points right here. So if we are one with Christ, he is our head. We cannot be condemned because he gave his life for us and defeated sin so that we have a way out from our old self. A lot of us, a lot of you have heard the old man. Oh boy, he's having a, a moment right now. The old man is coming out. It can happen to any one of us. Amen. Any one of us. But if we are not in Jesus Christ, there is definitely condemnation for us. And it's very real. Condemnation is very real. How can we say that we belong to Christ, but yet we want to live the way we want to live? I always say, if Christ is not first in your love line, then something is wrong. Christ never said not to love your wife, your children, your, your, your wife, love your husband, but Christ has to be your first love. And we are his bride, and he is the groom. So if we can always say that Christ is our first love, then we're gonna be able to condemn the flesh that tries to stick out the ugly head in our lives when when we're sharp with people, when we're not loving, and all of us go through it, when we say things that we shouldn't be saying, that are not uplifting to others, when we, when we, we say things that really is gibberish, it has nothing to do with the Word of God. A lot of people like to talk a lot, but that's all they do. Nothing comes out of their mouth if you really have the Spirit of God, God will give you that discernment that you'll be able to tell. What the heck is this person telling me? And I'm not talking about someone at church. I'll tell you a little bit down the line about stuff that happens at the gym. I hear stuff that would make the hair back of your neck 
If you have any hair in the back of your neck, stand up. Wait till I tell you some of the stuff. And I told you some of it before. But if we are not in Jesus Christ, there's definitely condemnation. I just said that. Our identity is in Christ if we every day walk in Him. Not just walk with Him. Walk in Him. He needs to be the center of our lives. If you could go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. And the Word of God says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Am I in the wrong place? Amen. Okay, good. You know. I saw somebody make a comment. I wasn't sure. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This guy that was a foreigner to this country was still carrying the bondage of the curfew. He was still carrying that bondage. He didn't understand that he had freedom. Well, some of us sometimes still carry that bondage. Why? Because we start thinking carnally. We start thinking in the flesh. Oh, I don't know if God can do this. I don't know if God can change me. I would never ask God to make me shorter. That would be crazy, right? By the way, this time you're supposed to laugh. I guess I'm not timing my jokes so well. But, but anyway, understand that the freedom that's given to us, as it was mentioned on Wednesday night, part of the message last Wednesday, is so precious. And what are we doing with that freedom? Amen. My God, that freedom is so valuable that no denarii or no money or no cryptocurrency can pay. That's the freedom that only Jesus can give you and I. No stark market, ups and downs, can ever repay that freedom. It's only given by Christ. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we, oh, I'm sorry, I went, I went to somewhere else. Forgive me. And now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though, God, we were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteous of God in him. So again, understanding about the trespasses, the things that we have gone through. We know that the freedom we have in God is it's just... It's priceless. It's priceless. So important points here. Jesus will tear down our all living ways only if we repent, walk in faith of who he is and are obedient to his word. He will build a new us in him. I hope he's built a new you in him. I hope he's built a new me in him. I feel he has because I no longer when things get rough and tough, I no longer hold on to my past because sometimes that's that was my way out. The alcohol, the pornography, whatever, that was my way out. A lot of you know my testimony. Am I ashamed? Yes, but I am so thankful that God freed me from all that. That's the freedom that God gave me. That I that was walking in darkness, I was filth. And I use a very strong word. And forgive me, Lord, if this is wrong. But I was a real scumbag. 
I was a dirtbag. And those are very strong terms to use against a human being. And I know God is not pleased with that. But I was, I was worse than Paul. And God gave me a new freedom in him. Not because I'm a great church goer when I started. Not because I would read the Bible every once in a while. But because he gave his life on the cross for me. He was resurrected after three days. And he defeated sin one and for all. You hear it from the pulpit at the, at most of the time. We know the end of the story. And we win because of Christ. Not because of us. Because of Christ. We win against what? Diseases. Viruses. We win against the depression. Anxiety. Fear. We win against thinking we don't have enough to live on. We win even if the stock market goes down and we have a lot of our investments in the stock market. We win if people like me that have pension, uh, if the pension somehow things have changed in the state of Florida. It could happen. It could happen anywhere. The only guarantee that I have is Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not my pension. It's not my social security. It's Jesus Christ. He's the one that's going to save me and pull me out of whatever I'm in. And, 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 and I believe that. I walk in that. I, I, I walk in that freedom. So church, let us circle back to the question again. What are we doing with our freedom? Are we allowing Christ to his Holy Spirit to guide us in his ways? Are we allowing, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through us his words of urgency to reach others to, for the sake of Christ, our church, or, or church, are we just coming to church? And I don't mean to offend anybody, and those of you listening at home, are we just coming to church to say we come to church? Or are we coming to church because we're coming because we believe that the Spirit of God lives there? That we believe that we are to fellowship with one another? That we believe that we're to encourage one another. That we believe that we're to lift each other up. Or do we again, do we come to church just to come to church? You know, when you question people across America, a lot of them will tell you, yeah, yeah, I go to church. I do my thing. I go to church. Hey, I believe in God. And then if you ask him about this freedom that I'm talking about, well, I'm free. I got a pretty hefty hefty cryptocurrency account. I have a pretty hefty pension. I, <laughs> we don't know that that means nothing. Well, I have all these degrees. A lot of you know that I have all these degrees. That means nothing. You think that's going to save me? You think that's going to get me into heaven? No. But the freedom that I have in Jesus will. Right? The freedom that I have in Him will. And I keep repeating that because it's so important. Are we taking the task? Okay, the task has been given to us in Christ, assigned to us to deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are we missing opportunities that Jesus, through His Spirit, gives us to live a life of? And here's the most important thing, and we sing it in a song many times. He wants us to live a life of holiness, a life of righteousness, a life of faithfulness. A life of love for others. That's what Jesus is about. 
to live a life of holiness, righteousness, faithfulness. He didn't say you're going to be perfect with this, but he's always there to help us to live more life of holiness, righteousness, and faithfulness. So you, you and I have no room for the old guy to live with us. We've got to kick the old guy out. We've got to tell that old guy, you, you do not control my life anymore. My Lord controls my life. So remember, church, once we surrender our old self to Christ, we are no longer, we no longer live for ourselves. We live for Christ and others. This is definitely a tall order for many people, but serving Christ totally that has given us the eternal freedom require us loving him first and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. And you notice a lot of these messages that are up here, they connect with one another. I, I preached not too long ago, I brought the message on, you know, on being crushed, on being oppressed. That was mentioned last Sunday a little bit. Not my message, but, but those words. Because that's why that message was titled so beautifully last Sunday. Are you dealing with your giants? Are, 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 are you dealing with the ugliness that comes up against you? And, and, and I love the way it touched so many of us. It touched me. And it was so beautifully delivered. Because God is serious about what he's doing in you and in me. He's serious that we are to lift up his name on high. Could you go to Matthew's? We're almost there. Matthew's chapter 24, verse 42. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42 through 44 says, Watch therefore, we know this one, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. And we know the time is here. I believe the time is here already. God is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the, the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. So what is this ready talking about? This ready is talking about the freedom that God has given us for us to do His perfect will. For us to do the delivering of His holy gospel of Jesus Christ to others. Again, that's why the church we, the ministers, were getting together to talk about this. Because why? Because there's an urgency. There's an urgency to reach out so many out there. So church, if you knew Christ was returning, and, and I want you to think about this, because when I thought of this and I asked God about this, this really hit me real hard. So if you knew Jesus Christ was returning within one year from today, you and I knew this. This is make-believe. Nobody knows. How would that change your perspective and my perspective in whatever life we have left? Think about that question. You knew that Jesus was coming in a year. How would that change your perspective, your way of living? Would you be rushing to do the crazy more than to do the right, the holy, the righteous? 
they're faithful? Or would you be rushing? Man, I got to do some partying. I got to do some wicked stuff. Forget this. He's coming in a year. I know he's going to forgive me. <laughs> do not take that for granted. Do not take that for granted. I don't. When we realize his return will bring pain for those who don't recognize him. Oh, yeah. There'll be a lot of pain for those that don't recognize who Christ is. They won't, they won't even know. Remember the walk to amaze? Okay. I, I don't want to elaborate that. It has something to do with this. But even his own disciples did not recognize him. And he was walking with them after he was resurrected in the walk to Emmaus. That was Christ. That was Christ. He never let them know it was him. But he was listening to their hearts. Because some of them were doubting. We're never going to see our Lord again. Even though he promised to be with us again. We want everyone, family, friends, co-workers, new acquaintances to experience the joyful news that Jesus Christ heals our hearts and loves us with purity all of the time. That's the thing. You can never love the way Jesus loved. I could never love the way Jesus loved. He loves unconditionally. You could, you could hate him. He still loves you. Isn't that incredible? He still loves the wicked. He still loves the lost. And he will leave the hundred and go chase after the one that might have gone away and is lost. That could be you or me. That could be you or me at any time. Because let me tell you, don't take your salvation for granted. Okay? Because at any time, because of stress and, and concerns, and, and you hear people committing suicide because they have so much money in the market. Yeah, I mean, I've heard stuff that it's, what? What is that about? I remember people, and I told a story from the pulpit, people that worked for the Eastern Airlines, and they were making so much money as mechanics, as pilots, and Eastern Airline was bought over by, uh, some of you were not even born, Frank Lorenzo. And he, brought, he bought Eastern Airline, and what did he do? He broke it up into little pieces, and he sold it. That was the beginning of a new corporate corporate thing that if a corporation gets too big, too bloated, and money is not enough to pay for the debt and pay for even pensions of people, they're going to break it up. They're going to sell it. And do you know that we have friends, which I mentioned from the pulpit before up here, that they knew people that committed suicide because they were making so much money at Eastern Airlines, a very, very popular airline. Very wonderful airline for a long time. And they were making so much money and they were so much in debt because they were walking in the flesh all the time. And they wanted to have, but their neighbors had it. Their neighbor, if their neighbor was driving a 700 series BMW, they had to get a 700 series BMW. I knew these people. They came to my mother and daddy's house where I lived. Now, the ones I met and I knew, they didn't commit suicide. But let me tell you, they were in a depressive state of mind, according to what my mom and dad shared with me, that was unbelievable. And I thought, my God, I don't want anything like that to happen to me. But see, when you have the freedom in Christ, you don't have to worry about that. Because God is going to get you through the bumps. God is going to get you through the peaks and valleys. God is going to get you through the wilderness. 
God is going to get you through the Red Sea where, <laughs> where no Egyptian or anybody can follow because he's going to divide the sea. He's going to make a way for you and me. Why? Because of the freedom that he has given you and I. So no one knows the day or the hour of Christ's return, but no one also knows the minutes. And this is important. Listen to this last part. But no one knows the minutes of their last heartbeat. Could you say you know the minutes of your last heartbeat? No, you can't. None of us can. Even someone that's sitting in the room that worked in the hospital was a supervisor in the cardiopulmonary department, you would think she would know the minutes of the last heartbeat for a person to be alive. She's sitting in the room right now. But not even her. Not even her. Okay? Not even her knows that. And here's what happened to me. You know, I always have to share my testimonies with you. I was at the gym, March the 18th. That was just a few days ago. March the 18th. And I'm sitting down using one of the equipment. And I could hear, I had that moment of hear, of having hearing like Bishop Lyle. You know the Bishop Lyle can hear from the front door to the back what's going on? He has that incredible bionic hearing. I, I've never seen anything like it, okay? Well, somehow I got some of that in me and I was working out and I hear this guy talking to one of the people that I know at the gym and I could hear him and they were, I was standing, I was hearing the equipment, using the equipment and they were talking where Sister Chris was sitting and I, I had my back to them and I was hearing this young man that actually looked like Goliath picture. He was nine, not nine, four, nine feet and six inches but he was a pretty big dude and all that. But I know better. I got Jesus in me. I shouldn't be afraid to say anything to anybody. So he was telling my friend, my God, I haven't been able to sleep for years. I'm always depressed. I'm always down. This and that. He kept going. Of course, my friend knows that I'm a minister. And, and, and he's a believer. But he didn't say anything. Because I could hear their conversation. And I go, Lord, should I go over and say something? Lord, should I go? Your brother Pete let you down. I missed the opportunity. So the young man left with his girlfriend later. And I went to my friend. I go, what was that all about? And go, oh, you were listening. I said, yes, I did. I had Bishop Lyle's hearing on. I was listening very attentively. <laughs> what, what is he suffering about? And he says, he doesn't know. But I think, and I said, my God, I had an opportunity that I could have told him, if you accept Christ right now, you watch. You're going to be able to take long naps like this guy is standing in front of you. I take wonderful naps because I have Jesus in me. All right? I don't worry about that. But this young man, you could hear him. His voice was, was like, like he was hurting. There you go. I had an opportunity to show him freedom through Christ, not through me. And I missed it. And that's what it's all about. I know I can't wait, and I'm hoping God will give me another opportunity that if I'm working out beside him and I'll say hello to him, if he says anything, oh, you better believe it. I'm going to love him with Christ. And I'm going to let him know. Because again, this church is not only interested in this congregation. This church, Potter's House of Coral Springs, we're interested 
to what's out there. Amen. We're interested in those souls. Amen. We're interested in eternal life for them. If we're not, we can't call ourselves a church. We're just a nice church. We're pretty people. Oh yeah, you're pretty handsome people. But that isn't going to get you to heaven. That isn't going to do anything for you. Church, <clears throat> so church, I did not do, I did not have an answer. I missed the opportunity because of worrying how this young man would react to me. I thought he would say, who the heck are you? I never met you. He might have. But so what? I knew, see, if I would have gone and strengthened faith in Christ to this young man, I knew that God was going to protect me. Because this guy could hit me with one hand. He probably would have knocked me out. But I forget who my father in heaven. I forgot who he was at that moment. So I am ashamed. And I'm saying this to you. Do your best not to miss an opportunity that was presented to you. I'm not saying for you to buy yourself a big Harley Davidson motorcycle and go hang out with the Hells Angel and try to convert each and every one of them in an open fight with knives and weapons. I am not saying for you to do that. But I'm saying do not miss the opportunity that God gives you. Last scripture for the night. And we're done. We're going home. Blessed are those... Uh, oh, you need to know where I'm at. Forgive me. Luke, the great physician, Luke chapter 12, verses 37 through 40. Luke 12, 37 through 40. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Amen. Right? Because our heart is pointing to him. That we are we're bringing the gospel of Christ to others. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Verse 38. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. If you and I are still awake, and telling others about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we have not taken the road of, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to talk to anybody today. So leave me alone. I've done my preaching for the week. I've done this, I've done that. <laughs> Listen, it's not only for a preacher. Each and every one of you has the responsibility to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone. When you have that opportunity. Don't try to stick Jesus down anybody's throat. No. Don't judge their denomination. No. No. And the Bible doesn't say one denomination is better than the other. The Bible says Jesus loves us all the same. So we are to step up for everyone. For everyone. The widow, the broken, the, the, the unbelief. We're to step in for everyone. The homosexual, the, the transgender, you don't think that guy, the one that medal, he couldn't win a medal, not even a ribbon, swimming for the men's team. And then now that he changed his name, and now he's swimming with the women, he beat all the women. Yeah. You don't think he needs Jesus? Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. And of course, they attacked our governor when he said, we don't consider him first place. We consider the woman from Florida first place. And she came in second. By just seconds. Can you imagine? My goodness. These are the things that happen. So, and if we should come in the second, oh, 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 sorry, but know this, that, that if the master of the house 
had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you and I do not expect. And this is an urgency message for all of us. Be ready. Be ready always. I wasn't on the 18th of March a few days ago. Be always ready. I would tell you most of the time I am, but but it's, it's so interesting because Jesus just walks him into me. Today I was ministering to a new master trainer at, at our gym, LA Fitness. And and right away he, he spoke to me, hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, you're a pastor, right? Somebody said, I said, yes I am. And, and what do you know about Jesus? And we started talking. I said, man, I'm gonna miss that opportunity today. Today being today, Wednesday, okay? But are we sharing our freedom given only by our Heavenly Father with others? That's what the pastor was talking about last Wednesday from the pulpit. What are you doing with the freedom when he asks all of us? What are you doing with your freedom? Are you keeping it to yourself in a little box? Are you hiding it in your master bedroom? Or are you sharing it with everyone? That there's only freedom in Christ. No one else can give you freedom. No great 401k, no great pension, nothing. Nothing can give you that kind of freedom. The time is short and near. Let us be diligent. Let us keep watching. Um, watch the, the, our hearts and soul that it makes sure that it's in Christ so that we may answer the questions firmly. And here's the question firmly. What are we doing with our freedom? If anybody ever asks you that. So I want to thank the pastor that brought that word out. Because God said, this is what you need to let them know. That there is an urgency. Not to keep sitting around. But to keep doing what God lays in your heart. Ask God. Ask God to use you. Ask God to, to, to lead you in what you're supposed to be doing. Wait a minute. As the body of Christ in the church, Potter's House, Coral Springs, make the connection with both. Not only for you, on your own, at your job, okay, at the market, at the mechanics shop, because opportunities are always there. I've spoken to people about Jesus at the mechanic shop, at Tire Kingdom. And now all of them, when they see Pam and I, they're, they're, they're so excited because I always tell them, hey, did you hear the news? And I always make fun, but, but, but I'm being honest with them. Did you hear the news? And they go, what, what, what's going on, Pete? I go, Jesus loves you incredibly. And some of them look at me, and there are people in the waiting room, and they're listening to this. I hope one day they don't call the guys with the white coats to come and take me away. But I will continue doing this as long as God gives me the breath, the mind, the Holy Spirit that he's implanting in me. So let's go to God tonight and give him thanks and all glory and all honor. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your message through the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us freedom. Freedom that I cannot be obtained by, 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 by doing anything. By having so many degrees, by having a great pay 